um, being able to provide something that's new to the world mm. and that can um, sort of um, solve some of the problems that our education system can't solve, yeah. that our NHS system can't uh, solve as well, mm-hmm. um, was, was more useful for me. And I found creating my own business and going forward that way as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and a business owner was the way in which I could have the most impact. Hello gang. Today, we're going to be picking the brains of Luke Swan. Luke is the founder of an organization called The Prologue, which aims to be the largest ever and free world education system, which focuses on tackling inequality, empowering children, nurturing their well-being, and guiding their thinking beyond convention. He has also been shortlisted in the Great British Entrepreneur Awards for the Innovation Entrepreneur of the Year. And not only that, he has a published children's book called Rose's Code, which is all over UK schools already. I'm very proud to have him with me today because he's an inspiration and an example to all young entrepreneurs out there. Uh, so please let me welcome Luke. Thank you, nice. Thank you for coming in. I know how busy you are. Oh, it's great I've to got be a here. lot of stuff to do. Um, so please let me and the viewers know a bit sort of about yourself and then sort of your, your background, your story. Okay, so um, I was born in Manchester and lived there until I was eight, moved yeah. to Oldham, um, where I went to primary and secondary school. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I sort of stuck with education. Mm-hmm. And um, after my A-levels, which were maths and science-based, I went back to my old secondary school yeah. and became an unqualified maths teacher. Okay. And so around that time, I was also a special educational needs supervisor and a teacher assistant at my old primary school okay which was sort of nice like returning back to the two of them yeah um although it's quite strange being um teaching some people that you were two years yeah older than when yeah. you know them personally as well but um i absolutely love that and um i wanted to be a teacher and mm. i want to be a teacher still yeah um it's just the case of more of the impact that i can have Right. And so rather than um, changing sort of classrooms and the classroom culture, yeah. I wanted to have like an impact on the wider educational system. Right. Um, so I went to university uh, okay. originally to do maths. My intention was very different to what it is now. Yeah, that's what I like. That, that's, that's the curious part for me. Yeah. Like, how did you go from math to children books and sort of working with children? Yeah, so originally it was a case of I wanted to go to um, the best university, to the best possible maths degree to get the most money that I could. Right. That, that they, were Makes my, sense. they were my aims. Um, seems very foreign and alien now compared yeah. to what I'm doing, but that's what I wanted to do. So I went to Cambridge to do maths. And, um, nice. Um, it was a very interesting place. Okay. Um, you get to wear the, the gowns and go to the balls and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but it's quite a restrictive place and it wasn't where my passion lay, uh, okay. doing maths. It became more and more abstract and I wanted it to have more of an impact. Did you finish Cambridge? No, no. So I did my first year in maths. Yeah. And I transferred to the second year of Biological and Natural Sciences. Okay. Did that for a year. And then I transferred to Bristol into yeah. the second year of Experimental Psychology. Yeah. And did my final two years there. Okay. Um, after that, I decided uh, that I would go into writing rather than teaching. Mm. So um, I wrote Rose's Code and mm. it very quickly became published. Okay. Um, that was. Well, did you always enjoy writing? Like you know, being in math and then you know. Yeah, all that, like, I've been you... thinking about this recently because I'm going into school on Friday to talk about being an author, and um, I didn't really do much writing outside of school. Yeah. It was mainly in school where I did it, 
And then it was when I sort of moved to Bristol and I had more time to pursue different things yeah. that I started to write a little bit, just short stories for myself and okay. some sort of poetry as well. Um, but Rose's Code was the first story that I ever wrote outside of school. Yeah. And um, it was done very quickly and after a few days yeah. it had been written and accepted to be published. So that kind of changed things really quickly. Yeah. Um, that then went into schools, a lot yeah. of them as well, which was really nice because... Um, I want to have that impact on children. How did that make you feel, like, actually seeing it in the schools? Because, you know, it's one thing right to write for yourself and yeah. somebody's saying, yay, it's awesome, right? <laughs> but then another one, like, actually seeing it being used in practice, in schools, by kids. Like, how, how did that make you feel? Really amazing. I mean, um, I didn't like the story, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. I wrote it quickly and it was at a time when I didn't really have a very high view of myself. Yeah. So I saw it as an extension of myself and okay. therefore it wasn't good. But... Seeing the response that some children had to it and um, the way that it was used in an educational manner, that really meant a lot to me. And um, I guess it was that experience which then led me to then create my own publishing company, which would then later become mm -hmm. an education and publishing company right. with the focus more on education, which is the prologue. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how things came about. Why children's books? Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I've started writing a novel and I'm working on a novel as well. Okay. And in, as a writer for myself, I personally write for what would be an adult audience. Um, it's a bit more mm -hmm. complicated and um, I like to experiment uh, quite a lot and it um, mm -hmm. could be quite difficult as well. Yeah. Um, but with children, it was more of a case of the impact that you can have yeah. and the, the change that you can bring about in the world. And also yeah. um, a way for me to uh, make some of these changes without actually being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also a bit of a challenge as well, I think, writing for children. Yeah. Um, because you have to really take yourself into a different mindset, yeah. think about the developmental ages of them, and yeah. then kind of write a story that's catered towards them, yeah. but without, um, which I think a lot of people do, yeah. um, sort of belittling them and mm -hmm. thinking that they're not capable of knowing too much. Um, yeah, I think it's like children's books are a bit under appreciated a thing because um, I personally feel that oh, this thing that it's quite easy to go into you know to a child's mentality because you basically were there right yeah but when we grow up like one of the challenges I sort of always have for myself is like don't don't lose that kid inside of you right? yeah, yeah. and it's so easy to be wrapped up in whatever's going on Definitely, did yeah. you find it difficult to sort of you know put yourself in the that kid's shoes and sort of try to think how they will think when they will read your book. Yeah, I mean, I constantly remind myself to um, maintain the childish aspects yeah. and that um, brilliant innocence where yeah. if a kid sees something and it's across like the road or, um, or across the room, mm -hmm. um, they will sort of like instantly go for it and they will run towards it because it's something that they want. Yeah. Whereas with us, we're kind of like thinking, well, um, like, who's looking? You look around like, first, Yeah, you look basically. around, yeah, then you sort of like walk towards it pretend that you don't care that much yeah. and, um, and it's a shame that we lose those things and we lose a lot of creativity as well True. so I, um, I try to I try to remind myself to maintain that aspect yeah. um, but at the same time um, I'm just quite a childish person as well <laughs> and um, I think constantly um, uh, working for children or being around mm -hmm. children and interacting with them and really listening to what they've got to say and their ideas and needs um, it makes it like a lot easier yeah. for me mm. sweet um, so, with that book, what kind of message were you sending? 
the message was about self-acceptance. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to write a story that was kind of um, near universal. Okay. And so um, I wanted to tackle something that I think um, a lot, a lot is, is like an issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are some people who go through it much more than others, much more than I have, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the idea of um, like accepting the self, um, once you can do that, there's this more sort of unified sense of self. Yeah. And then um, that, 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 that in terms affects your, your personal life, your mm -hmm. interpersonal life, uh, your work life, educational life, your social mm -hmm. life and all these things. So um, I wanted to do something that was like that, and the publishing company, Springboard Stories, said that they wanted mm -hmm. a story on the theme of codes. So rather than doing spy codes or computer codes, mm -hmm. I wanted to look in the way that we can um, explore codes. And then I, I thought about our DNA and mm -hmm. um, the genetic makeup of ourselves. That's and that's a code in of itself, and to show children that we are this kind of... Because that's a very, in, like, that's a difficult topic, like, you know. For me, growing up, DNA was something that I would even afraid to look at. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and if you manage sort of to present that in a way that children actually understand and understand the code, as you say, that that's impressive. That's that's really powerful. It's really great to do that. Um, and I think my biggest influence for that was Philip Pullman. Okay. So um, I had never been introduced to his work, mm -hmm. and then when I was at university in Bristol, yeah. I was um, just walking down the street at night time, uh, completely dark, no one around. Yeah. I saw this book just discarded on the floor, and um, so I sort of looked around to see if anyone had dropped it. There yeah. was no one there. So I went up to it, picked it up. It didn't look like something that I would read, to mm -hmm. be honest. It was more sort of fantasy, yeah. and um, it was more aimed at like, young teens. Um, but I thought... The fact that I'd interacted with it and found it in this yeah. way means like I should read it. Yeah. So I read it, and it was um, I've read lots of like classics from um, like uh, adult authors and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but this was the most um, the most inspirational one because he made a very interesting sort of um, adventure story, mm -hmm. which was exciting for for most people who, who read it. Right. And then he brought in all these ideas of like quantum physics and like multiverse and like mm -hmm. theology and all these things that you would never expect to be in there mm -hmm. but he managed to do them and it was the way that he did them which made it so compelling yeah. and so I said to myself like that's the standard that's what I want yeah. to do for younger children mm. nice um that's that's an amazing achievement like I would never be able to do that you know but um unless I'm, you I'm, tried I'm guessing yeah well yeah it, it, it is a, a yeah a way of like you you decide what you want sort of and there's I think knowing myself in the, in the well enough I think I wouldn't have the drive that I should do to, you know, do it the best to my best capabilities. Um, but I'm just happy there are people like you that actually managed to do that. Um, now, actually, now you are a business owner, right? Prologue is your business. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Have you ever thought about actually owning a business before? Like, did you, do you ever think that this is the, the road you want to take? Um, I, I thought about it quite a bit. I thought that I yeah. definitely don't want to take that route. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've never been really a fan of the business world. It's never mm -hmm. something. Um, it's never been something that's interested me that much. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm quite surprised to find myself yeah. where I am operating in the way that I am. Yeah. But again, it's just about impact and yeah. um, for me, creating the kind of social impacts that I want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the tool that is best to do that is education, mm -hmm. and um, I could do that in a classroom. I could try and um, be a part of um, the, the government, um, mm -hmm. although I'd be rejected outright. Mm -hmm. um, and I could try to make some changes to the system in that way. And I will still try and make pushes and yeah. do, do like sort of 
petitions and mm-hmm. any marches related to education, I'll do that. But um, being able to provide something that's new to the world mm-hmm. and that can um, sort of um, solve some of the problems that our education system can't solve, yeah. that our NHS system can't uh, solve as well, mm-hmm. um, was, was more useful for me. And I found creating my own business and going forward that way as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and a business owner was the way in which I could have the most impact. So that's yeah. why I went there. So, do you see yourself as an entrepreneur nowadays? Um, or, yeah, I definitely. Or do you see more yourself still like as a teacher or, or sort of all of the above? Like, what, what, like if, when people ask, what do you do? Or when you, you know, when you have to, like, you go onto LinkedIn, you have to put a title on. Like, do you, yeah. do, you do, like, do you feel like, do you know what? I am an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, I do put that. It's not the first one that I put, and I put mm. several. And um, this is something that I sort of promote to children as well, but I think it's worth promoting to adults. Mm. Um, we do a lot of things, we're really complex beings and we have so many different roles. Mm. Um, I mean, like, what, what would you say your title is? So, entrepreneur is one of those words that I'm sort of very afraid to use. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I keep asking all my guests is, what's your definition of entrepreneur? Because it's so overused. You know, if you're on Instagram and if you even have an idea inside of me, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, so my, my definition of it is until you execute it to a point where it makes impact, you're yeah. not an entrepreneur, Yeah. right? That is, that is mine. Like, you need to have the impact, not necessarily profit, right? But, like, you need to impact people on a level that you expected initially yeah. uh, for your idea. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm amazed like how many different definitions are there for every single person, right? So it's definitely not restricted. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious, sort of, what's your definition of entrepreneur if you see yourself as one? Um, so what, what would it be? What do yeah. you think? So um, yeah, I do see myself as one. I've never, I've never tried to define entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. um, it is a bit, a bit on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is good. Um, so um, I guess in my opinion, an entrepreneur is someone um, who who has an idea um, mm. that they can use to bring about change in the world um, via the medium of business. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, um, yes, yeah, so perhaps someone who's at the earlier or smaller stage of business mm. who wants to create some change. They've seen some sort of problem um, mm. or um, some way in which they can sort of profit from something. Yeah. And then they've, they've gone and tackled that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like on my LinkedIn, um, there's a social entrepreneurs there. Um, I do put social the, entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a different um, take on it as well. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm not not for profit. So, um, mm. I, um, well, it is kind of for profit actually. Mm. I'm moving to a community interest company, so yeah. we kind of do make profit. But I I never see it as making um, profit. Any profit that does that that does um, happen goes back straight into it. Yeah. But um, I put director of the prologue first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I considered putting directee in that I'm di- directed by mm-hmm. the children, um, but I didn't do that. Um, but another one is children's advocate or an ambassador for children. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important one for yeah. me. And then just still considering myself a writer um, is important um, mm-hmm. and um, a teacher as well. So they're some of the other things that I would put to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why do you sort of hope to achieve with Prologue at the moment. So what's, I don't want to say end goal, but like yeah. what's your current vision for it? So um, I'd like a world in which um, children's um, needs and voices are heard. Mm-hmm. The things that they want to create in the world, the ideas that they have are actually enacted. 
uh, so that mm. they can be um, contributing members of society. They can yeah. be more empowered. They can be happier as well. Um, and I think that will benefit all of us. And mm. as they grow up, if you sort of put in the mentality from a young age that you can create change um, in the world, in other people, and also in yourself, mm. um, that will just be reinforced over time. And then we'll have um, this uh, class of people, essentially, um, who do believe that they can make change mm. because they can um, whereas at the moment there are so many people who have brilliant ideas and who have needs which needs to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. but they're not being met. Um, so I would like to create um, the largest free world education system. Um, I'd like it to be something a bit like the NHS or how it mm-hmm. has been recently, um, but completely free, um, yeah. not privatised, and um, in education and globally as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that consists of like online resources, which is easy to do, first of all, but then also just opening my own schools and then getting the educational model that I have and will test and will change into as many schools as possible and just supporting um, like people, schools, yeah. um, charities, like um, governments, uh, just, yeah. just, just everyone really, but anything related to children, and yeah. then we can expand and look at adults who come second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of hard work, isn't it? Like on a daily basis, uh, especially when you have your own business and it's sort of on the search, it has such an important role because you're responsible for the education of children, really. Um, what, do you, what would you say is, what do you love the most about what you do? Like what gives you that drive, that fire to, even when you're like waking up ill, unmotivated, like what gets you going still? Um, I, I consider it my duty to, um to um, improve the lives of all children yeah. to, to the highest degree that I can. So um, I think putting that sort of um, responsibility on yourself uh, means that there's something greater than me. So in the past when I've done things, I've, it's always been a part of what I've done. Mm-hmm. And so um, if I didn't really want to do it, I wouldn't do it. Um, I've had loads and loads of jobs. I've um, like quit over 20 jobs. I've been sacked from like, like half a dozen, yeah. a dozen jobs as well. Um, and so it's been very easy to do that and move on and do something new. Uh, with this, it's like there is a, a pressing need for us to uh, support children more. And um, society, society also needs um, all of the ideas and everything that they can provide as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just the duty yeah. to support children is there. Yeah. It's quite a lot of pressure, isn't it, to put on yourself there? <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. the good kind of pressure, I imagine. It, yeah, it is, yeah. I'm constantly told by people that um, you shouldn't take certain responsibility for certain things. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's the case and when it comes to your personal well-being and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You shouldn't put too much pressure on yourself. But um, I yeah, don't consider myself as being the most important. So mm. um, it's a bit easier for me to naturally be inclined towards supporting that. Okay. Mm. Um, on this journey, I mean, this is... Um, the, the, the viewership here is, is, is sort of mostly you know, young and aspiring entrepreneurs, um, maybe somebody that, that, you know, even when they're older, you know, they're, they're quite new to the entrepreneurial space and building a yeah. business from scratch. Um, if you had either one piece of advice or one thing that you learned along the way that really stuck to you, uh, what would you say that would be that could sort of benefit uh, the viewers who are starting out and didn't know about? So it's not something that I've learned since being on my um, on my journey, mm-hmm. um, but I think for me the most important 
is um, intrinsic motivation, doing things because you love it, because you're passionate about it. Um, there's, there's no guarantee, uh, whatever we're doing, there's no guarantee of, of money, there's no guarantee of um, having um, lots of followers or having fame or having mm -hmm. any of these things. Um, and if they're what you want, then, um, then perhaps pursue them. Mm -hmm. But really, really consider what you want and why you want that. And um, when you're working on that, like it doesn't seem like work whatsoever. Yeah. So um, like when I get up, I, I really love what I'm doing and I'm constantly driven by it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, um, I could just give up easily. Mm -hmm. So um, doing things because you love them and because you're passionate about them. Mm -hmm. And that's what you feel your purpose is. And that's yeah. where you get your meaning from. That's the reason to do things. Yeah. Look for it, search for it. You won't find it straight away. Yeah. And when you do find it, uh, just go with that and yeah. uh, go forward. And it kind of becomes just a part of your life, isn't it? Just your daily life. It's not like I'm going to work, I'm just living. Uh, yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. I, I Basically, I discovered that very recently as well. And, right. you know, that's the reason as well. Like, one of the biggest reasons I'm doing this as well, to help others get to that feeling. Because yeah. it's like you can't describe it really. It's priceless. But, like, once yeah. you feel it, it's definitely, amazing, yeah. it? And it's really great that you're here to sort of share that with so many people as well. So like, what was yours then? So was that related to your actual, um, your actual business and being an entrepreneur or related to sharing insights? Well, my, 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 my main business, uh, you know, Hoops Connect, yeah. um, is based on helping people discover, manage and organize a variety of sporting events. And that came from a completely personal place where I moved to the UK, yeah. uh, I'm a massive basketball head, yeah. Right. And I couldn't find anywhere to play or any any person to play with because it's just not a popular sport here. Yeah. And I was like, why are there these boundaries? Right. Um, you know, I found I did find one place and it was through Guntry and I was like, that's not right. Yeah. That's just not right. And there was definitely like a gap in the market. So I'm not saying like I didn't think about, oh, you know, I could actually make money of this immediately. I knew there's a gap in there. Yeah. But the basis on it was I. There's a lot of people like me that go through the same thing. Where they yeah. want to get active, they want to meet new people. Definitely. Like the big, the biggest thing about sport is the communities, right? Yeah. And and I realized at some point that, and it's not even basketball. I realized that that's with so many different sports as well. That's why sort of my my main thing was came from I want to find somewhere to play basketball too. I want everybody to be able to just go on a platform yeah. and be able to find what they want, go there, meet people, make it easy for organizers to do everything, you know, um, sort of save all that time of, you know, doing admin stuff. Yeah, like it, yeah. it should be seamless. It, sh it shouldn't be a chore, like, to organize a game, right? And at the same time, during that process, I've discovered so many sports I didn't even hear about yeah. and realized we need to help them get the recognition they deserve. Yeah. And that's, again, one of the, the things I'm going to Yeah, they're going through the same yeah. thing. And yeah, you know, you, you don't sit there and think, I'm, I need to find my passion, I need to find that feeling. It comes to you once you start doing what's actually from there, yeah. rather than from there. Uh, I'm guessing your job would be a lot harder if you didn't love basketball. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah you'd probably hate it. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really awesome to pick your brain. Like, I think you've got so many amazing insights and I just, I don't want to, like, we could talk for hours, I feel, um, but I just want to keep it quite short. Yeah, um, we can be up against the talk anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm very curious where you're going to take this. So I'm really looking forward to sort of having you on here again. Um, but for the time being, um,
can you let the viewers know where can they find you? Where can they sort of follow your story, your journey as well? Yeah, so um, there's the Prologue publications on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So um, there would be the two to go through there. Yeah. Um, and then on Twitter, it's um, the underscore Prologue underscore. Okay. Um, but Facebook and Instagram are the main ones. And then um, I, I do personal branding as well because I've been okay. told to do that. Even though I feel a bit awkward doing it, um, I've been yeah. told, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. So I'm doing it. And so there's um, there's my Luke's one page as well, okay. um, which is Beyond Luke, um, right. which is on Facebook. So that's awesome. a place too. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming up. Oh, it's been it was really yeah, nice talking to you. Yeah. Um, this is Luke's one. Um, you'll find all the links, all his socials down below in the description, together with any other content uh, that I think might be really useful to you. Um, look him up follow his story, really, really, really inspirational guy, really smart dude, uh, as you know, you can tell. Um, and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode when we'll be picking brains of some other inspiration, inspirational entrepreneurs out there. See ya.